hockey heads, fantasy fanatics, and degenerate gamblers alike. The off-season coverage continues on the Tuesday episode of the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast. We're getting to everything that you need to know. The Seattle Kraken throwing the bag at Vince Dunn. Tony D'Angelo going to where we thought he would with the Carolina Hurricanes and a little bit more Hurricanes news. And of course, we got to break down a team we haven't talked a lot about. What are the Boston Bruins up to? All on the Tuesday episode of the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast. Let's get right to it. Your Locked On Fantasy Hockey, your daily podcast on fantasy hockey. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everybody, and welcome back inside the lab. It is the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast with your boy, Big Flip Livingstone, here for a Tuesday episode. I'm all by myself once again, and thank you for riding with us every single day throughout the offseason and making us your first listen every single day. Steele will be back in the booth for the Wednesday episode, so thank you for holding this down. No episode on Monday. I was eaten alive by the bugs in Northern Ontario. The Wi-Fi was sketch, so I didn't want to bring you any of those lackluster episodes. So I hope today we make up for it. Vince Dunn getting the bag from the Seattle Kraken. This is a player that you know if you've been listening to the show, I've talked a lot about. So I'm excited to break this down for what it means for Vince Dunn GMs and what it means for the Seattle Kraken. And I want to focus a little bit more on the Carolina Hurricanes. I want to talk about Don Waddell's comments about the contract extension for Sebastian Ajo, what it means for the team, fantasy value, and otherwise. And of course, Tony D'Angelo. We projected it. Not a shocker. He is now going back to the Hurricanes on a one-year deal. I want to talk about the blue line there a little bit more in depth. And finally, the move of Tommy Nosek signing with the Devils last year with the Bruins had me thinking a little bit here. We haven't focused on the Bruins that much, so I want to put a little bit of a magnifying glass on the situation in Boston from that fantasy perspective, of course. So, again, Tuesday episode. Thank you for joining us. Let's jump right into it. I do miss my boy, Steele. I'm sure all the listeners out there do as well. He'll be back tomorrow, and we'll continue to break down our fantasy draft rewind from the third round down to the first because, honestly, people, the fantasy hockey draft season is right around the corner, believe it or not. We have a big-time guest coming up on Friday's episode, Fantasy Guru of Sportsnet.ca. Michael Amato will be joining us now that all the plugs are done. Vince Dunn, not a plug. Been focusing on this guy a little bit because of everything that he brings to the table. Four-year deal, $29.4 million. This is a guy who finished 10th in overall points by a D-man last season. And we're going to talk a little bit about the Kraken overall, but I want to focus on Vince Dunn, number one. Let's remember, Ronnie Francis in the front office chair, GM chair in Seattle, passed on Vladimir Tarasenko as one of those you know, expansion-eligible draft players and took Vince Dunn. And now maybe it's making a ton of sense. Obviously, he steps out last year. 14 goals, 50 assists for 64 points. But I think what impresses me the most, aside from being in a really great situation in Seattle overall, is Vince Dunn's ability to really bring it at kind of 
not every single angle of the ice because he doesn't really play a ton of power play, but I just really love his game. And 149 shots on goal last season. You know, he's plus 28. He brings the pins, 55. He can get a little nasty at times. The ice time, his career average is 19 last year. He almost logged 24 minutes a night in ice time. This is his blue line to command. And that's the first point I wanted to get off about Vince Dunn. I love what's going on in Seattle. Alexiak, Larson, Borgen, even Dumoulin now, Justin Schultz, very balanced. Yes, we've talked about the goaltending. Grubauer, can he be that number one? I think he answered those questions last year. He actually did step up 17, 14, and four. You know, 2.85 goals against needs to be better. Sure, in the regular season, he was up and down, but maybe it was the postseason that all we needed to see was that he can still get it done. Last year, seven and seven, but 903 save percentage. I think at the end of the day for the Seattle Kraken, we're going to see them still hover around that wild card bubble spot. But that has nothing to do with actually the quality of the team overall and maybe just the rest of the clubs around them in those situations for the Western wild cards. Up the middle, Matty Beniers, Wenberg, Yanni Gord. I'm fine with that. But to bring it back to Vince Dunn, he's the leader on that blue line. And we need to talk about what this means for his fantasy value headed into this draft. I don't have his ADP up in front of me, but all I know is this. He's going up that draft board 100%. Is the contract a nice thing? Of course. You know me. I love players going into contract years, and you know he was a salary arbitration eligible player. Getting it done is huge for the Kraken, and I think, honestly, you can expect more of that 55 to 60-point range from Vince Dunn every single year. He finished 11th in Norris voting as well, people. And a plus 28. So this is what I'm trying to get at with Vince Dunn. He's a player that now, with the season he had last year and the bag thrown at him by the Kraken, he's going to have the attention on him by some fantasy GMs that maybe weren't before. But I think you can really try and scoop him up. I'm going to say Vince Dunn at 64 points. I want to be taking him in like the sixth or seventh round, really depending on your format. But headed into, you know, he's going to be 27 years old this year. Also, shout out to the Niagara Ice Dogs. A good OHL program, churning out Vince Dunn three years in the OHL. He is a second-round draft pick as well. You know, 56 overall in his draft year. I think you should be having your eyes on him around the seventh or eighth round. You know, absolutely latest because there's not a ton of players with his caliber, his age, his skating ability that can put up the 60-plus points. Seventh or eighth round, I'm feeling it. But very quickly, I want to talk about the Seattle Kraken. I mentioned the wild card, you know, the bubble. They finished with 100 points last year. Winnipeg was in the mix there. Calgary, Nashville, Vancouver. Actually expect most of those teams aside. Oof, most of those teams, I think, maybe regressed. So Seattle might be sitting pretty in that wild card spot. Maybe they challenge in that Pacific. All I wanted to say was Vince Dunn. Don't forget that he can bring it on the offensive end, elite. And the skating ability is something that we have to remember each year. Might get better while he's still in his prime. Seattle Kraken make some noise in the postseason, and I think they'll be right there once again. Solid blue line up front balanced. Let's move on to the Carolina Hurricanes in one second. I'm rambling on now, people, 
But to wrap up, Vince Dunn, four-year, $29.4 million pact. He's getting paid. Mississauga, Ontario boy, hats off to him. Right after the break, I want to talk about the Carolina Hurricanes. I want to talk about Don Waddell's comments about Sebastian Ajo. Tony D'Angelo coming back on a one-year pact. We'll break it all down, including a little bit of Boston Bruins talk. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at AG1. This is a product that Steele and I love to use both before and after the gym because it helps you mentally, physically, and all around. I drink it in the morning before the workout. You don't need the coffee. It makes you feel unstoppable, ready to take on the day. AG1 is a foundational nutrition supplement that delivers comprehensive nutrients and supporting whole body health. AG1 replaces your multivitamin, probiotic, and more in one simple drinkable habit. One scoop in water, that's all you need. You're getting a science-driven formula of vitamins, probiotics, and whole food source nutrients. Athletes around the world are using AG1, so why don't you give it a try? It's a comprehensive solution that you need from your supplement routine. Try AG1 and get a one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash NHL network. That's drinkag1.com slash NHL network. You need to check it out today. Guys, these solo episodes, I hope you've been liking them. It's tough for me to sit here and ramble on. I'm repeating myself a little bit, but I hope the fantasy takes are still there. I mentioned Vince Dunn. We're going to get to the Carolina Hurricanes in a hot minute. Sebastian Ajo, Tony D'Angelo, and I want to wrap the episode by talking about the Boston Bruins. But like I said, off the jump, thank you so much for making us your first listen every single day. I hope even a little bit each episode is helping you get a leg up on your fantasy hockey competition. And it's a grind. It can be something that you need to spend a little more time than you actually have. So hopefully we're saving you some of that on this show. Now, let's talk about these Carolina Hurricanes. They've been knocking on that door in the Eastern Conference. Metropolitan Division winners. Yeah, it was by one point. New Jersey's on the come up. We know the Rangers are solid. It's a tough division. But they are there for a reason. Rob Brindamore, solid coach. Great goaltending. Now they have a trio, a triple-headed monster of Freddie Anderson, Antti Ranta, and you know how much I love my boy Piotr, Piotr Kachekov. I'm going to get that first name right eventually. They also allow the leash shots on net in the NHL last year. Guess who was second? Shots against per game? Yeah, it was the Seattle Kraken. 26 against per game for the Carolina Hurricanes. 27 for the Kraken. So a nice little interlude there, if you will. But the comments that I wanted to talk about is Don Waddell. Also, hats off to GM Don Waddell. Man, this guy is getting it done in Carolina. Ajo is one of those, you know, there's a bunch of notables up for contract extensions since July 1. This is the dude who's been the offensive main guy. He's been the straw that stirs the drink. He's leading the team in goals for six consecutive years and led the team in points in five straight until Martin Nakash this year. They need him back under contract. And this is my take with this player. 67 points last year in 75 games. 81 points the year before in 79 games. At 25 years old, you know, actually he's going to be, what's his birthday is tomorrow. So he'll be 26. I actually don't think we've seen the best from Ajo. 
218 shots on net this season in 19 and a half minutes on ice, I think you're going to see his best season yet. I don't actually have anything much to base it on other than this team should be going in with a couple of key healthy pieces, including Svechnikov and others that they didn't have. Tara Vinen was banged up last year. I know those are caveats that you can't always bank on. This guy is going to get paid, number one. His contract right now, let me look at this. He turns 26, like I said, tomorrow. Sizable raise right now expected from his 8.46 million cap hit. He's going to get 10 something for sure. He is a really, really good all-around player. Sure, maybe his peripherals, you'd like to see more hits. 59 is still there. I don't hate that he had 42 penalty minutes. So his value is actually more than just offensively. And he is so important up the middle there in Carolina, a team that we know struggled last year. And that's what I'm going to pull up right here in terms of goals for. Per game, the Carolina Hurricanes... We're at 15th, and more importantly, I think, and this is where I'm going to get to the Tony D'Angelo point in a second, because we know that he actually is a really important power play piece. The Carolina Hurricanes had the 20th best power play last year, 19%. If you're going to win cups, if you're going to go to cup finals, your special teams need to be elite. They need to be better than the bottom half of the league, that's for sure. So I'll get to Tony D'Angelo's impact in a second very quickly because I did talk a lot about that on Friday's episode. Hope you've been feeling these, by the way. But Sebastian Ajo is a piece that they cannot afford. They can't not afford to have for long term. And I think getting him under contract now, much, much better than letting this drag on. And I just wanted to bring up his playoff numbers. In 63 career playoff games, he's got 58 points. And yeah, maybe he hasn't been there in the clutch, but he's still such a young player. Sebastian Ajo is double circled on my paper sheet for the upcoming draft as just a purely offensive stud. 67 points might have some GMs potentially fading him a little bit. I'm not going to fade Sebastian Ajo. He's going to be right there in the top five or six rounds of my draft. Most definitely, uh, hey, that might be a bold take, but I think given that he did potentially disappoint a little bit last year, you're going to be able to jump all over him. Now, quickly, Tony D'Angelo, very quickly. We mentioned it on Friday's episode. One-year deal carrying an AAV of $1.6 million to the Carolina Hurricanes. This made a lot of sense. There was rumors out there abound that he was going to be returning to the Carolina Hurricanes. I'm bringing up the roster now. I'm bringing up these lineups. Why not the Carolina Hurricanes? They needed a little bit of offensive boost from that blue line. I know they got Brent Burns. They need it, and they brought in Dmitry Orlov. Now they bring in Tony D'Angelo, and I'm ready to run this group of Slavin. Pesci, if he's back, we don't know, we don't know. Orlov, Burns, and D'Angelo out there against any other unit in the NHL. The Carolina Hurricanes, I wish I had the Stanley Cup odds up right now. They're, again, I said this all offseason last year, and they fell short. They're going to be right there. Rob Brindamore is one of my favorite coaches. He's amazing on that bench. And what they've been able to do now with a balance of speed, skill, and they bring in Michael Bunting, getting a little greasy. They bring in Dmitry Orlov. He can bring the body as well. And now they address a bit of that power play issue and some scoring punch with D'Angelo. I'm not even going to get into my takes on Seth Jarvis because you know how I feel about that. Andrei Svechnikov back healthy. 
Michael Bunting in the mix. Hopefully, Tara Vinen fully healthy. Martin Nikash. Stall. Fast. There's so much to like about this lineup up and down. One of the most balanced in the business. Again, hashtag Don Waddell. Keep your eyes peeled on this team as a futures bet for the NHL's Stanley Cup title. And I would be mining this team all day for fantasy value because of all the reasons I just threw out there. A couple more reasons why you should be tuning in to the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast all summer long. We're going to have special guests. We're going to have breakdowns. We're going to tee up every single position, X-Factors, goalies, under-the-radar names that are going to put you over the top for next year's draft, all on the way in the lead-up to this next season. So thank you for tuning in, and thank you for making us your first listen every single day. We are a part of the Locked On Network, your team, every day. And to wrap up this show, hey, I was wrong about the Boston Bruins last year. So let me try and come in here and talk about the Boston Bruins with a bit of a different angle. Maybe not, because I just, I'm I'm worried if I'm a Boston Bruins fan. Do I think they're going to fall out of the playoffs? No, because they have such a good goaltending duo. But are you really going to expect Linus Allmark to play that good again? I actually see Jeremy Swayman taking this net. He's an RFA. They got to throw some money at him. The big question marks surround, I think, other than what I just brought up with Swayman, Patrice Bergeron. I won't talk about him first. Yes, I know David Krejci came back from overseas and he's been so good for them. I think for sure he's gone. I don't see him coming back. Patrice Bergeron makes sense that he does come back. Just because of when I looked at his numbers, he can still bring it at the NHL level. Oh, my goodness. 78 games last year, 27 goals, 31 assists, 22 penalty minutes, and 249 shots on net. He also brings those peripherals still. For a guy his age, 66 block shots. Sorry, 54 block shots, 66 hits. There's so much to like about what Patrice Bergeron can still bring. If he does not come back to this team, though, there are so many question marks and holes. Pavel Zaka is your number one center. Charlie Coyle is the number two, or they interchange. Hey, those guys are serviceable. NHL middlemen. Third line, fourth line, maybe fringe second line on some you know not-so-good teams. I don't know. They bring in Morgan Geeky, James Van Riemsdyk, Milan Lucic, uh, Kevin Shattenkirk as well. David Pasternak is a star. Anyone around him is going to get points. Let's not forget that. If JVR somehow shifts up that lineup, plays on the left wing, and they want to balance it out by putting Marsha and down on that second line, I'm taking a look at James Van Riemsdyk for sure because of all those peripheral points that he might get. I think just looking at that Atlantic division. And you know I want to just hate on the Boston Bruins for obvious reasons what's behind me. They don't have a first-round pick next year. They don't have a second-round pick or a third-round pick. The future might be a little bit dicey. Anytime I've counted out the Boston Bruins, though, in the past, it's always burned me and made me look really, really bad. So I don't want to come on here and fully poo-poo what they have because they just came off such a historically good season and dominated the regular season from start to finish. Playoffs didn't work out as well. They have the Vesna winner and Linus Ulmark. They still have Hampus Lindholm and Charlie McAvoy on the back end. A lot of pieces that can still bring value. For me, at the end of it all, it's what else has happened in the Atlantic division 
I think Ottawa takes a step. I think Detroit takes a step. I think Buffalo might take the biggest step if they can get some goaltending. There's just going to be some teams left on the cutting room floor. And Yeah, of course, I was way off with the predictions last year saying that this team was going to miss the postseason altogether. More realistically, I think this season they miss it. But one of my favorite pieces looking at this lineup and the potential, I think we mentioned it a few weeks ago, Morgan Geeky could get a really good look in this lineup. Trent Frederick still needs to be signed. I mentioned Swayman. Question marks are up and down right now for the Boston Bruins. And can they even come close to the success that they had in last regular season? Like I said, being one of the best we've ever seen. Patrice Bergeron, does he come back? All of these things we're going to have to keep an eye on. Analyze and break down from a fantasy perspective to make sure you are ready to take it over the top for next year's fantasy hockey draft. Thank you for joining me on the Tuesday episode of the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with Steel, Wednesday in full swing, and we'll see you then.